I pray. It teaches us right in Ephesians that Christ loves the church and gave his life up for her. And in a day and age when many people say they love Jesus but hate the church, I'm sorry, but if you want to love me, you're going to love my wife too. Okay? And so we need to cultivate and, and ask God to help us love his church. And in chapter 4, we begin to see the Apostle Paul transition from teaching how here's what you believed in, now here is how you need to behave, right? In chapter 4, we see this. And we see that he has taught about the great truths of God and then he begins to give specific tasks for people. He, he gives great doctrine in these first few chapters and then begins to transition of how this doctrine needs to translate into the very dutiful acts of grace in our life. And so we saw in chapter 1 that the church is his body, right? It's made complete and full by Christ. We see little portions and we think, ah, it's whacked. But God's church is his body, and it's made complete and full by Christ, Ephesians 1.23. And we saw when we were in chapter 2 that the church is God's temple, that you and I, as the spiritual body of Christ, we are the temple. And in, in chapter 3 last night, we saw that, that the church is God's purpose to display his wisdom, his manifold wisdom in all its great variety to these, these unseen angels and, 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 and people in glory. And now this morning we'll look briefly at chapter 4 where we see the Apostle Paul saying the church has been gifted with these unique people to equip the church to go on to maturity. And we'll see later on today in chapter 5 that the church is a family. And the apostle gives very specific direction, right, to marriages and kids in chapter 5 and, and the first beginning of 6. And then, then tomorrow we'll see with Pastor Jim, or with Jim Cluth that, that, that the church is an army standing firm. And, and so, uh, the beauty of this book that, that, that teaches us to love Christ's church. And, and, and so, do you love Christ's church? I think that's a question each one of us needs to ask ourselves. Because it's become, in contemporary evangelicalism, kind of cool to be critical of the church. To diss on the church, the very bride of Christ. And I think we need to be really, really, really careful with that. That yes, some of us have discernment gifts and we need to self-correct but this constant criticism of the church is a is an anathema against the holiness of grace found in Christ Jesus, who loves his church and gave his life up for her. So we're just going to look at a couple of verses this morning in chapter 4, and we're going to begin in verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So let's kind of just unpack these couple verses, okay? Notice Paul says these are the gifts 
Christ gave. They, they're, they're, they're not spiritual gifts. These are people gifts. People gifted to the body with an ability to serve God and other Christians in such a way that Christ is glorified and believers are equipped. Every local church as a manifestation of kind of a picture of the entire body of Christ has been gifted some people with this ability to serve God and other Christians and develop them and equip them. And they are gifts to the church. If you are a pastor or a teacher here this morning, your part of, you're the central part of your identity in Christ needs to be very committed to understanding that you are a gift to the body. Now, some people don't always see you that way, right? In fact, one lady at Mitchell Berean years ago was like, well, I know, pastor, you're a gift to the church, but it sure doesn't feel like it right now. Thank you, sister. I love you too. You're a gift. And quite honestly, as I travel around and in part of our ministry now is pastoring pastors and mentoring pastors, some of you don't believe that. Some of you identified more with your insecurity than being a gift to the body. And, and, and I believe that we have a responsibility those of us who are gifted to the body to accept that God has gifted. I am a reluctant pastor, let me tell you that. I am a reluctant servant of Christ. I, I, in my natural, I want to be with my horses and dogs out on the ranch. I have, I, 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 that's what I want to do. And I've had to wrestle it out, sometimes repeatedly, with God that I have been gifted to the body to equip his people. So these are the gifts God Christ gave to the church, the apostles. Now I'm one that doesn't. I do not feel that we have, uh, in in the in the strictest sense, apostles anymore. These are these people who were sent on a mission, who had seen the risen Christ, and 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 and, and did miracles. And and we can just look through church history. Everybody who's decided they're an apostle after the fact and supposedly seeing the resurrected Christ and can do miracles, it usually doesn't pan out. But in a secondary role, I do believe we have sent out people. These could be missionaries, but we need to be very careful with, with how we interpret this passage. Ephesians 2.20 we saw last night, or sometime uh, yesterday morning sometime, uh, we saw that Ephesians 2.20 talks about that, that the apostles and prophets were part of the foundation of the church with Christ as the cornerstone. Do you remember that? And I do believe that was a temporary thing until we got the, the canon of Scripture. Okay? Because everyone I've dealt with has decided they're an apostle or pro- prophet in the sense of receiving direct revelation from God as a prophet in addition to Scripture always ends up a little whacked, okay, and messing up the body. So I think God used apostles and prophets as part of the foundation. Now, am I going to put God in a box? And does God want to sometimes you do amazing things in foreign lands who don't yet have um, the completed canon of Scripture? Yeah, I'm not going to, you know, uh, legalistically say, but I think we need to be really careful. And I know we have taught very fervently and passionately, hey, be careful, because we've had people come into our churches, uh, especially at Mitchell Berean, who decided they wanted to be an apostle or a prophet. And I think we need to be careful about that. But I think Ephesians 2.20 explains that, okay? 
that Christ used them as part of the foundation with Christ as the cornerstone to build the church, but now we have the completed canon of Scripture. So those two gifts, okay, from my perspective, are set aside, but then he says there's also these evangelists who are gifted to the body. These are people who can just declare the gospel and get saved. My friend David Wilson used to tell me about his dad. And his dad could be preaching and literally people falling asleep during the sermon. But Jack Wilson had this gift from God that when he declared the gospel, people would wake up and, and get saved. I have a gift of this. I'm kind of half evangelist, half pastor, okay? It, it's weird to me that I can just somehow when I'm preaching, people get saved. It's nothing I do. It's just, I'm, it, it just happens. Now, do I passionately want people to get saved and pray? Yes. But these people, they, you know, some of these, you've heard some of these evangelists and they take scripture kind of out of te- context and they preach gospel. They see gospel in every passage of scripture, if you think with this. And yet God uses them somehow many times. And we need to embrace. We had a lady at our church in Mitchell who was good for 50 new people every year. I could count on her. She had this gift of evangelism. Okay? Not in this, in the preaching sense of it, but she just had a passion for people to know Christ. And we need to find those people in your congregation and become their champion, man, and build into them. Because they are a gift to the body. And then he says also these pastors and teachers, and I recognize some people um, interpret this pastor slash teacher, but I do believe they can be two separate gifts because I've had, I know pastors, these under-shepherds who counsel and correct and give encouragement and, and build up the body, but they can't really teach very well, okay? And I know teachers who can teach, like, amazing, they're great teachers, but, like, not real great shepherd hearts. So, so I think it manifests itself out in, in, in everyday life, but if you want to be a pastor teacher slash pastor teacher, great. Um, but the key is this morning that most of us here, many of us here, are pastor teachers who have been gifted to the body. This, 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 this ability to understand that God has gifted you how Verse 12, their responsibility. It's a responsibility. This isn't a job you're doing, folks. It's a responsibility. It's a compulsion born out of the gospel that you have been gifted to the body to equip God's people for works of service. You have a responsibility. Will and have you accepted the responsibility? And do you take that seriously? This is serious business. The most significant thing you folks can do with your life is to serve in Christ's body. And if God in his sovereign plan has taken you and gifted you to the body, then you need to accept that responsibility and take it seriously. Because you, if you are trying to do this to earn a paycheck... I met with a couple last night, and I was talking about it, it, how crazy it is to do what we do outside of the call of God. I mean, it's like shoving jello uphill. It is stupid. You have to be either literally mentally, mentally ill or called by God to do what we do. I mean, it is crazy. 
The, the success rate is so low. We see so few people getting saved. So few people going on and getting baptized. Even in some of our healthy churches, really, realistically, when you look at the population, it's incredibly small. But if you're called by God, and God says you're a gift, you're a gift, help that become part of your central identity. To be a person who's gifted to the body, and friends, if you're a pastor teacher, do you understand that your pastoring or teaching is your responsibility is to equip God's people. Most of us know the, the, the Greek here, equip, is to, to, to set a bone, right? It's, to equip means to make right. It means to train. It means to restore. It means to, to disciple and teach. Your responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work, not your work. His work. And build up the church, the body of Christ. Too many pastors, in my opinion, spend more time, too much time ministering in general instead of pastoring in specific. Some of the most unhealthy churches have pastors who are filled more with people fear than Christ fear. And they end up going, they're like a ball in a pinball machine, running from this personal need to that personal need to this and that. And they have no set course to, to establish consistent patterns of how to do, run their life as a pastor gifted to the body to equip God's people. Too many church, too many pastors, I, I remember I went through a, a season where Again, my, my real dad was, we were just talking with Randy, uh, my real dad was an amazing pastor. Amazing on many levels. But every church he pastored when he left kind of tanked because he was the guy. He called on everybody. His whole ministry was calling on people in the hospital, calling house to house, which is an awesome thing on many levels. But he didn't equip God's people to do his work. He didn't always spend his time equipping people. And I see too many pastors either just studying or just uh, kind of floating around, giving little touches to people, but not equipping them. So at, at Metropolitan, it was an expectation when I went there, little tiny church, that I was to lead services at the nursing home, that I was to make hospital calls, and that I was to shovel the snow. Okay? That was a great job description. That's what they told me. Well, it soon became apparent that I wasn't equipping God's people to do the work of the ministry when all I was doing was going to the nursing home and making hospital calls. So I changed. Oh, boy, now you talk about getting people torqued, including my own father. Because that's what pastors do. Well, that might be a little portion. But if you, we figured out that if this church is going to survive and thrive, we needed to equip people. We needed to get a discipleship track going for our new believers, and we needed to get a, a training for future elders. And so we began to focus on that. And by God's grace, we've seen that work. I'm a point man leader type guy, but I could leave Mitchell and it keep going. 
I could leave Sunrise Church and it kept going. Why? Because it were, we were committed to not just trying to please everybody by giving them a little personal pastor touch. If you're trying to be everybody's personal little pastor, which almost every small church demands, it's an unhealthy church. It's an unhealthy church, and I know I can get pushback on that because some of you just want to be everybody's little personal pastor, but how is that equipping God's people for works of service? If if you are just everybody's personal little pastor, what it does is cripple the church, and when you die or get old and leave, the church dies. And so I'm calling us to get back to understanding this biblical mandate, the responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work. People would always come up to me, Oh, you're the minister here, Scott? No. I'm not the minister. I'm the pastor. And I am gifted to the body. My ministry is a gift to the body to equip you to do the work of the ministry because everybody at this church is a minister. Everybody, scripturally. And again, to be a pastor, you have to be tough-minded and so committed to the the, the mission and mandate of Christ in your life as, as a gift to the body that you quit letting people try to define what you do. You get your orders from Christ and His Word and your responsibility. And do I think yes, that, that yes, we're going to have different um, um, ways of doing ministry, and my goal is not to shove everybody in the in the brand fellowship through the same knothole. But I am calling us: Is are you seeing people in your church get saved, get discipled, and be equipped for ministry? That's essentially a healthy church, okay? And if you're not, maybe you need to examine, am I trying to be everybody's personal pastor? Or am I gift a gift to this body? And my responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build this church up the body of Christ. Every church, and I know what took some of you off. I know it. But when we send out our church survey, which... I think I ought to get a little credit for I reduced it to two times a year instead of four, right? I ought to get a gold star for that. I haven't got one yet, but I want a gold star for that. Because I couldn't stand filling out those reports either on some level. And I know you read what I, how I wrote that with, come on, Scott, that's just your own personal philosophy of ministry. Leadership track for elders, leadership for small groups, leadership. Well, some of that might be, but I contend, I go back to Scripture. And the, 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 the mandates, are we seeing people get discipled? And so, my friends, this will continue, verse 13 until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. We can always grow in grace. But immature churches led by immature men who fear people more than Christ never see a maturity develop in their local congregation. 
and, 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 and we, as the church, who've been gifted by these different ones to equip us to do the work of the ministry so that we grow on to maturity. Our unhealthy churches in the Brown Fellowship usually are led by unhealthy pastors who have people fear more than Christ fear who somehow is bought into the subcultural evangelical mindset of what a pastor ought to be instead of the biblical mandate to accept the responsibility that I am gifted to equip God's people to do his work. And if this fellowship is to survive, and if this fellowship is really going to be about seeing churches planted that actually make disciples that reach this world, then our local churches need to be led by pastors and teachers who a central part of their identity has been to wrestle it out with God and finally walk with a limp but say, you're the winner. Pastors who've waved the white flag of surrender and said, okay, God, you're my authority, not people, not my past, but you are my authority, and I want to equip your people to do your work. Jesus, thank you for teaching us through your word. Lord, there's so much more in Ephesians 4 I want to preach, so much more I need, so much more I'm disobedient to. But Lord, I thank you for gifting us. And each one of us right now who's been gifted to your body to equip your people, we, we accept right now. We say, okay, thank you. We surrender again because Jesus rules, we consistently discover surrender is the only way to victory with you. <laughs> it's the only way to peace. It's the only way to your power. It's the only way to your perspective. And so we choose to surrender and we accept your assignment and your giftiness to your body. Thank you, Jesus.